0: Welcome back to Historical Context. Today, we're going to talk about the Massachusetts Bay Colony and the Plymouth Colony and some of the disagreements that uh, occurred within and between each of them in the late 1630s. We're going to start in March of 1636, where Edward Winslow is elected governor again in the Plymouth Colony. Now, Today's episode when it comes to Plymouth is covering Bradford's uh, 1636 entries and 1637 entries in of Plymouth Plantation. The first part of Bradford's 1636 entries are spent discussing trade in grave detail. Uh, Far, far too detailed for this program, but if you want a precise accounting of the pounds of beaver and numbers of otter that had been traded, be sure to check out chapter 17 of Plymouth Plantation. Bradford uh, in Plymouth Plantation writes a year-by-year journal, which is what we've been using as the main storyline behind what happened in Plymouth in those early years. But in 1636 and 1637, it's basically a bunch of trade data. Thomas Prince gets elected to his second term as governor in 1638. That year, three colonists were put to death in Plymouth for the murder of a native. It's the first time I've come across capital punishment uh, enacted upon colonists for crimes against natives since I started doing this a fourth individual was convicted of the capital crime, but escaped. Had a 24-hour news cycle or the modern technology systems existed in this time, this story would have likely been all the rage. It was probably, and it probably was in that time anyways, uh, this 1638 murder. In June of 1638, an earthquake shook the colony and bradford noted that it was felt by ships at sea by natives in land and it broke plates in people's pantries he said that the seasons following the earthquake were less hot but whether that was related to the earthquake or not he said quote i leave it to the naturalists to judge the Massachusetts Bay Colony was set to move on from the Hutchinson faction after their departure in 1638. But before anything could settle, a notice came from the Council of England in London. They requested that the Massachusetts Bay Colony return their patent. And if you'll recall from earlier episodes when John Winthrop came over and the group came over, They brought the patent and as much physical goods as they could bring over. They wanted as much separation from England as they could get. Now they were asking to undo some of that. This was due to a contentious dispute and continuous dispute as well with Sir Ferdinand Gorgias, who now claimed he was the governor of all of New England and that he was entitled to the patent. The colony through its general court refused to send the patent back, likely due to the continuous disputes occurring between the Crown and the Puritans. So a political battle is beginning to heat up in England, and the Massachusetts Bay Colony wants nothing to do with that. Remember, they came over to escape persecution in England. They definitely don't want to surrender anything back to it. In December of 1638, Dorothy Talby of Salem was hanged for the murder of her three-year-old daughter. Winthrop mentioned that this woman had a history of attempting to kill her child, her husband, and herself. The Church of Salem had cast her out, but her behavior did not improve. She had previously been whipped, and when she was convicted of the murder, she was going to be pressed to to death. The sentence was changed to hanging after she confessed. Uh, This is likely the first case of documented mental illness in the colony, if not all of colonial America. Over the winter of 1638-1639, Winthrop notes that the differences between Massachusetts Bay and Plymouth and Connecticut Continue to grow, but he did not provide examples. Massachusetts Bay and Plymouth also had a boundary dispute that Bradford mentions in his writing as being the only issue of substance in Plymouth in the years 1639 and 1640. Each colony chose two commissioners and empowered each of those commissioners to settle the boundary dispute. And I want to go back briefly and touch on Bradford's, uh, what appears to be a very general or generic recollection of 1639. It's important to note that Winthrop is writing his story of New England in real time. Bradford is reflecting back. And when you reflect back in history, it tends to water down some areas because you're thinking about things that were significant several years ago and you're not thinking of things that may have been significant at that time that would still be worth mentioning. So I find Winthrop's writings to be more significant to the history of New England than William Bradford's simply because of the time in which they were written. The first meeting in 1639 between these commissioners uh, over the boundary dispute did not provide any resolution as the Plymouth Colony asserted its patent was older than the Massachusetts Bay uh, patent, but the Massachusetts Bay patent was more defined. So they're arguing over the style of the patent at this first meeting and clearly that's not gonna get them anywhere. The next year, the exact same commissioners were appointed, and they were able to come to an agreement. What a difference a year makes. At the same time, the growth of the number of free men of the colony made William Bradford's holding of the patent of Plymouth more and more unreasonable. In 1640, he was asked by others to surrender the patent to the colony itself. So Bradford personally held it. He was asked to turn it over to the people, and he willingly did so. Despite the differences of opinion between Massachusetts Bay and Plymouth, they still held good relations as Plymouth enrolled the help of John Winthrop to advise on a trade dispute they had with a merchant. The price of cattle in the year 1640 fell by 75%, creating financial ruin for some in the Plymouth Colony. And this is also important to note because it appears to be signaling some type of overall financial crisis in 1640. William Bradford was elected the ninth governor of Plymouth in 1639, and he would serve in that capacity for another five years. At the same time it was negotiating with Plymouth, John Haynes and Thomas Hooker sailed into Boston to negotiate a renewed alliance between Connecticut and Massachusetts Bay. So there's a lot of negotiating occurring between the colonists now. The two had allied to fight the Pequots during the Pequot War, but in peacetime, the relationship was a little more uncertain. The general court of the Massachusetts Bay Colony accepted a treaty between the two. Massachusetts Bay would end the decade on a high note in terms of having good relationships with its neighbors, growing well, doing well, But a new decade is coming, and I kind of hinted that already with the price of cattle dropping 75%, a new decade coming to bring new domestic and international challenges to the colonies. And that new decade would bring the English Civil War. And the English Civil War would have an impact on the colonies, but that impact would depend on the colony itself. So now we have ended our growth and fracturing of New England unit, ending on a high note with everybody getting along. But now we're gonna move the series to the English Civil War. And in this series, I'm going to talk more about the timeline of the English Civil War and how it related to each of the individual colonies and how they handled each situation. And I'm I'm going to tell you right now, there was violence in the colonies directly related to the English Civil War. So it wasn't all just uncertainty and problems and arguing. Uh, There were some deeply seated issues. And we'll start that series next time on Historical Context.